boy, here we go for the Tuesday show. And we're back to moto. Back to moto, back to moto, back to moto. It's what we do here on the 49. And today we are going to bring you co-red plate holder of the 450 division and current defending Supercross and Motocross champion, Eli F. and Tomac from Star Racing Yamaha. Talk to Eli in a few minutes. Seems like there's some relief on Eli to just be back to winning and be back to at least a tie for the red plate. And I still don't know, and I haven't found a good answer because the numbnuts around here are all just uh, numbnuts fanboys like me. We don't really know anything. That's one thing I'll tell you right now. Uh, there's no experts in this house about moto. We are just fans. It is fans being fans, and that's what we do. We talk about stuff that fans want to talk about. We know stuff that fans know. And don't get me wrong, I got some gearheads in here. Moto will tell you how to freaking build a clutch on a Suzuki like ad nauseum because he's a gearhead and Jason knows a hell of a lot being the guy from HYR but for the most part when it comes to Supercross we are fans and that's what we talk about so gonna talk to Eli I should have asked him I didn't I didn't think about it at that point remember that was recorded right after the race so anyway Mr. Eli Tomac coming up uh, besides Eli, no other moto. Eli will be again at the end of the show if you miss it in the final hour, which is 11 a.m. Pacific time. We will get us back into a Eli Tomac replay before we pack it up and get out for the day. Now, as far as other stories on the show today, I'm going to do that one I missed yesterday about a town in uh, Michigan. They got their first ever lady cop, and I'll tell you how they welcomed her. I have a dude in the Netherlands that might be your dad. He just, I mean, the odds are he's could be your dad in fact he's left the netherlands and is spreading his seed other places now this dude's a trip i have a what the florida story that's solid because everything in florida is good but nothing on the show today nothing on the show today is as good as the gwyneth paltrow story i have now i'm sure if you're a dude and you're around a chick and they're into tabloidy stuff you may have heard she's getting sued for a ski accident. No, F that. F that, F that. None of that matters. That's just crap that we don't care about and won't talk about. We're going to talk about Gwyneth Paltrow doing rectal ozone therapy. Yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow does anal for sure. Can we get Chris Martin on the phone? I want to talk to him. I bet you she didn't do anal with her husband, but she seems to do it with rectal ozone therapy. Yeah, this is crazy, and we're going to talk about it because she seems like maybe the most uptight, snooty woman ever, and here she is talking about doing rectal ozone therapy, which is apparently incredibly not healthy for you. So we're going to get into this one. Rectal ozone therapy. It's not just the porn that Moto Man watches on Boys Night. No, it is a activity that Gwyneth Paltrow swears that she participates in. Gwyneth Paltrow's doing anal. She wants that out there so people think she's cool, but you're like, yeah, I'm going to get Chris Martin on the phone. He's going to tell me otherwise. I bet he wouldn't tell me. I bet he's like a really nice guy. And, and they probably have some weird agreement that they can't talk about each other. But we're getting into that one. Rectal ozone. You know what? I'm going to tell you right now. We're going to do rectal ozone therapy right after we talk to Eli Tomac. And I promise you, Eli Tomac has never done rectal ozone therapy. 
I don't know anyone besides maybe Moto that's done rectal ozone therapy. Maybe. And I don't even know if he has. It may be above his pay grade. And then I got a, a cool story about foreign countries are learning to hate foreign tourists that aren't Americans. Because typically Americans go places that act like a-holes. Well, there's a group of bigger a-holes now on the planet. And they're taking over the top slot, if you will, in the a-hole tourist record books. We're going to get into this one. And they are not Americans. And that's good because typically we, we get douched on everything. Then I got a good story about a guy that does, takes his job at the dollar store very effing seriously. Very, very effing seriously. And, and you know what's weird? He's in a lot of trouble, and I understand that, but I can't say I strongly disagree with what he did. And he killed the guy. We'll get into this next. I'm Stretch. It's the Big Four Nine. Get ready for Eli Tomac and then rectal ozone therapy. Happy Tuesday. Big 49, it is Stretch, and right now we are sitting down with your co-red plate holder after tonight from the Star Racing Yamaha team. It's Eli Tomac, and Eli, congratulations getting back on top of the podium again tonight and getting into a tie now with Cooper Webb, so we are dead even uh, just a little past the halfway point of the season. Can't wait to see what you guys have here, but let's talk about this race tonight in Seattle, Eli. Uh, about halfway through, it seems like you just got your groove in that main event. Uh, even qualifying was all right, and, and the heat race was all right, but it seems like about halfway through that main event, it, it something clicked, and here comes Eli. Uh, walk us through that. Well, it was honestly uh, when I just kind of got out of the, the mess of the beginning of the race. Um, okay. You know, we were all, you know, kind of just riding around as a, yeah. as a train there, and I, I got passed, and I think me and Ken passed each other maybe three times. It was, yeah. or maybe twice at least. <laughs> but uh, so <clears throat> that was that was the beginning of the race. And I was just like stuck. Me and Ken were just stuck like glue the whole time. Um, and then once I got free of that, um, uh, what what really started working for me was the was the the left side of the whoops and the skim. So yeah, um, that's where I made up the majority of the time and, and made some passes there too. So. Um, as usual, it was it, it was tricky, but it but it, it raced well. Yeah, and when you and Kenny were having that battle there, you think it was the whoops there that you definitely had the the time on him because there there was a point where you were faster than him and you did finally get around him. Was it the whoops section or where was it on the track where you were you felt you were faster? For sure, the the left side of the whoops, just with the okay. skim in general, and then right. um, that first long rhythm lane. I would just go all the way inside and then roll and then go over the tabletop and that okay. that caught you out of that, yeah. that uh, transition after the the table on table off that was uh, <clears throat> that was pretty bad and yeah. I felt like there was mistakes to get to be made there so I just stuck with that other line where I gave some up yeah. in the beginning but. Um, would make time at the end of that rhythm section. And uh, how about that line uh, coming out of the first turn into that rhythm section there? You were taking a different line there that worked out, seemed like it was working pretty good for you. Yeah, it was It was a, a pretty conservative line going, starting that lane that lane yeah. uh, with a roll, but uh, I knew I could just do it every single lap, um, so that was the goal there. And I'd actually make some time at the, the end of it, but uh, lose a little bit at the beginning, but... Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it was good because I it, it guarded the inside too. So okay. Um, yeah, that that lane specifically, that first long lane was the yeah. was probably the the sketchiest one where it could it could drag your foot pegs after you would go um, off the tabletop there. 
All right, and the last couple of weeks you've been losing points to Cooper. He's been pulling away with the red plate a little bit, and I know you had the sore neck. You probably weren't 100%, but what's been that strategy there of, of kind of maintenance the last couple of weeks to keep you know Cooper from getting too far ahead of you? Well, I mean, the most important thing is, like, I, I stay within a position, you know, like yeah. literally, yeah. you know, between first and second worth a, worth a point. So, yeah. Um, I didn't. I wasn't that that worried, but uh, yeah, it, it does. It, it gets you. You know, it, you just you're like, man, really, I lost. I lost points two weeks in a row. So um, that gives you motivation. But yeah. uh, either way, most important was just you know staying within, uh, you know, basically one position. So no no real worries ever during the, the – I know people keep calling it a slump here, and, and God, I don't want to call it a slump. You were on the podium once and off the podium once and still in the top five. That's a, that's a great night for almost every rider out there except for maybe, you know, you guys in the very upper echelon. So not a slump, but never worried then uh, during that time of, of Cooper getting the red plate and then getting a little bit more of a lead. So you, you were good? Yeah, absolutely. Uh <clears throat> You know, it's uh, you know losing points two weeks in a row. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's just it's not fun. Um, either way, you know we're we're so we were so close anyway that uh, it's just uh, it's good to uh, yeah to to not lose a, a third weekend in a row there. So um, yeah, it was it was a good bounce back for us. Yeah. Now, when you're chasing the red plate and then you're having the red plate, is there any difference for you? Uh, I guess in your effort or in your mental state, as far as uh, you know, having the red plate and chasing the red plate, which one is I guess more stressful, or do you take a different strategy for either of those? Um, for me personally, it, it doesn't really feel any different at this point because okay. um, we're you know, like right now we're tied up, so it's just like yeah. clean slate. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> all right. And uh, for you, is there any difference at all in, in you know, you guys now now you're tied up and, and, and you had the red plate for the majority of the season thus far. You lost it for a couple of rounds. Now you're back to being uh, tied up with it. It's amazing for the fans. The, the, the man drama unfolding out of that track every week is fun to watch in dude soap opera world. But for you, uh, any difference at all that, that you guys are in this freaking tide of a battle? Yeah, I mean it's it's um it's just cool that that we're that we're tied up right now. I think for everyone to see. So it is. Um, yeah, I don't want to talk about the end, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh it, it, it's cool for everyone, you know, yeah. to uh, you know, I think to to see us this close. All right, uh, Eli. Now that we're talking about things, I know you don't like talking about. Uh, tonight, you tied James Stewart in overall wins. And that's a huge deal. This is a historic event in the sport of Supercross. And do you have time to reflect on that at all or to enjoy that? Or with the championship points where they are, we are just laser focused on what's going on right now. It's, it's special for sure. Yeah. But, uh, um, you know, this is, uh, you know, we're obviously neck and neck right now. And uh, got to stay focused on that. All right. Let's uh, talk about these fans here in Seattle. I know it was a packed house, almost 60,000 people in attendance in Seattle, making it a very, very uh, large crowd for a Supercross event. How awesome was it for you tonight to be racing out there in front of these Washington fans? I I, I think it's it, there's always a great crowd here. has really yeah. good energy, and um, I feel like there was there was a lot of people in the stadium tonight. So, yeah, um, it was great. You know, I guess the the state of Washington, you know, is is, is enthusiastic for Supercross, so uh, it's good to see. And, and to be honest, I feel like all the stadiums this year have been pretty packed. So, yeah. uh, Supercross is in a, in a good place right now, and 
um, you know, we're providing good entertainment for everyone. All right, and the entertainment has been next level, and we can't wait to see what happens next week because one way or the other, you or Cooper are going to move up and have the red plate by yourselves again, and now we have to take a week off. Are you stoked on having this week off, you know, to heal up and just feel better and maybe test some outdoor and, and, and get ready for that? We know you're racing outdoor season now, or are you, you know, wishing you could just get right back to it and just keep battling in in this supercross title fight that you're in yeah i mean i think everyone somewhat looks forward to this to this weekend off uh, okay uh you know we we've, we've been going you know you know wide open for yeah. however many weeks now so um yeah spend some time with the with the fam at home and okay um but before you know it we'll be right back into it all right well eli i can't wait till we get back into it it is literally pins and needles watching this battle for the championship and everything else that goes on the storylines and the wins and uh, your next win is very historic in this sport i know you don't like to talk about it but we do as uh, moto media and as fans of the sport because it is something to to watch and it's been really great watching you this year and just seeing you put on a show for all of the fans out there man so best of luck to you when we head out to uh glendale arizona next triple crown event that's the next time we'll see you guys have a great week off and we'll talk to you again very soon i'm sure i'm stretch this is the big 49 your home of moto rock extreme big big, big, big. the big 49 moto minute brought to you by lbz Hi, this is kind of badass, and it is coming to you courtesy of our friend Bradley Slums, the ultimate freestyle base jumper moto insane man on the planet. If you don't follow Bradley Slums on social media, you should, especially when I tell you this, Bradley is going to auction off an Ulta e-bike. Those are some really cool of the first e-bikes that were ever out there, and they were pretty badass. Now, Bradley has one, and he is auctioning it off right now. You can go to his social media and get all the details, but it's a raffle ticket. He's going to do 150 still available. Last I checked, and they are $60 each, and someone's going to roll out with a freaking free Alta, basically, for 60 bucks. It's damn near free. So go over to Bradley Slums on social media. Check that out and get your raffle ticket. Badass stuff, man. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it is a stretch show. You ever think that celebrities make a deal with the devil? They make a deal with the devil to get famous, and then it's like, man, you are off to eternal damnation with your weirdness. I gotta tell you, one of the most unlikable celebrities on the planet, in my eyes, just as an out, don't met the lady, never met the lady. I have no stories of her. Never met her at my job in broadcasting, never met her at my jobs in rehabs. I never did, so I can tell you that. It's fine, I can tell you who I haven't met. Can't tell you who I have met, oftentimes. But I just watch her from afar, and I had a really good story one time of a girl. Uh, I was doing a demo radio show. We were shopping a radio show. It would have been uh, uh, Christine and Stretch, and she told me this great story. Apparently, she rode horses her whole life, and Gwyneth Paltrow was in a movie, and Christine was a good-looking lady, and, you know, tall blonde. And they, somehow she ended up becoming a stunt double for Gwyneth on the horse. So whenever Gwyneth was on the horse, it was really Christine riding. And she says that they filmed some scenes of her riding the horse, 
And then she said Gwyneth was there, and she said that they you know, were looking at the footage, and Gwyneth said, oh, my God, whatever you do, don't show her fat thighs. I don't want people to think that's me. Like, right in front of her. That's, that, that's what happened. And I was like, wow, that lady is really self-absorbed. And what's funny is, if you could get a look at Christine, there's no sort of, not an ounce of fat on that girl. That girl is the furthest, the last thing in the world I would look at her and say like, oh, look at her, with she's fat, or oh my God, she got thunder thighs. No, she's a thin, in shape, good looking lady. And when it said that her uh, thighs were like basically disgustingly fat and she didn't want people to think that, that was her. So that's the kind of sh- uh, schnobbery I know firsthand. That's my only personal experience with her, and it's secondhand from a friend. So, I have that story to go on. And then she starts that goop, whatever the F it is, where she starts a newsletter. And then all of a sudden, she's a, a health, fitness, lifestyle expert. It's like, wait a minute, you're an actor. You get paid to pretend to be somebody else. And apparently, you don't get paid to pretend to be nice in your real life. So, you are really self-important here. And then from Goop, you start selling, this is my vagina. Remember, she sells a candle, and I'm not effing kidding. There's a candle that she sells that smells like potpourri that she says, this is my vagina, that is apparently fashioned after her vajay. That lady thinks that her freaking cooter smells like freaking potpourri. And I promise you, it does not. It does not unless she sprays some uh, air freshener on it before you go down there. It does not. There's not a vagina in the world that smells like potpourri, you know, right out of the box. It just doesn't. Now, there's things you can, chemical additives, I guess, you can make it smell like it. But according to uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, her vagina smells like potpourri, and she sells candles that smell like her freaking hoosets. Yeah, this lady is really, really stoked on herself. That much I can assume from the outside looking in. Well, now let's go to this story, the latest and greatest and health experts are chiming in here going, whoa, 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 whoa. This is really, really bad. Earlier this month, wellness queen Gwyneth Paltrow, I don't know who coined her that other than herself, admitted that she does rectal ozone therapy. And now these doctors are coming forward going, this is a bad idea. Do not do what this crazy ass celebrity is telling you to do. So the therapy, you get a a machine that uses medical-grade ozone. And they say it as a ozone generator device, and it has a hose coming out of it that would generate ozone. And and when I talk ozone, remember the ozone depletion? The ozone is what protects us from bad things in the environment. And it's a tiny, thin, 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 very thin layer around the world that helps protect the world and, and keep our atmosphere in. Well, it's good for stuff like that, but it's become this weird catchphrase in wellness worlds, and people have ozone-generating machines and they're putting them in their homes, and experts are saying, this is all bad. Well, let's take it up a notch. When Paltrow says, yeah, you get an ozone-generator device, and you run a hose out of it, and you run it right up your ass. Yeah. You blow it right up your butthole via a catheter, as she says that she does. And she pumps ozone right into her body. Now, a doctor who works as an emergency medical physician was asked for comment on this, and he was like, 
Uh, this is controversial at best. Way to be very PC, doctor. They said there may be some unknown side effects or unknown benefits, but no one knows. This is extremely questionable, according to the doctor. He says he studied alternative medicine like ozone therapy throughout his career. He says ozone is a gas molecule that is made up of three oxygen atoms, according to the American Lung Association. It's also known as smog, which is dangerous to breathe in. Like if you put an ozone machine in your room, it would have really bad effects on you. It, it's good in small doses, but if you were breathing it like you were breathing oxygen, you would be uh, in trouble. Now, the people that do it claim that the benefits can uh, reduce oxidative stress, whatever the F that is, and gives your immune system a boost. If it can protect the planet, imagine what it can do to you from viruses and the like. Yeah, and it'll keep you from getting bacteria and fungus, or it'll kill you running a hose up your ass with some unknown gas. That seems like a great plan. Say the gas can be blown right up your ass or other body parts. can even be applied to your skin, mixed with your blood, injected into a muscle. These are all ways that these uh, wellness experts are using it. They say some people, you can put it into a oil and drink it. But way, all the way back in this now 2023, this fun little craze started catching on in 2019 during the pandemic. And at that point, the Food and Drug Administration came out and said, yeah, hey, uh, we understand that there's people putting ozone air in their bodies. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. They say ozone is a toxic gas with no known medical application, which is funny because these wellness queen, Gwyneth Paltrow, says medical grade ozone when there's no medical purpose for ozone machines. It's kind of like essential oils and essential vitamins. Are all vitamins not essential? What makes one essential than another one not a, not essential? It's a load of crap. It's, it's crap talk is what it is. And Gwyneth Paltrow is blowing literal ozone smoke up her own ass because she's bat crap crazy in my eyes. So if you want to be like Gwyneth, uh, go get a nose-on machine, get a hose, and run it right up your ass and crank it up on high. And I don't know how long you do it. I, I, I didn't follow along long enough to get the details on it. She had me at, I shove a hose up my ass and turn it on. Which makes me want to talk to Chris Martin really, really bad. And find out if she did that when, they, was she that open and free when they were married? Or was she like, get away from my butt, you a-hole. That's my a-hole, not yours. He's like, wait a minute, but you run hoses up it and stuff. I can't put my schlongster up there? She's like, no, that's disgusting. Oh, yeah, let's pump some, some uh, poisonous gas up our ass instead. It's way better. My Lord, what is wrong with people? And then people believe this crap and go do it. This is nuts. All right, coming up next, I got good news for Americans. You know how people hate us because, well, we're a-holes when we travel abroad. And we're like, F you, I'm American. I can do what I want. There's apparently a group that are way worse, and they are taking over in Bali. Bali's got a real problem. The Bo Bali used to have a problem with us Australians because they're a lot like Americans, only got a different accent, and they don't listen to Stretch, and they swim with sharks when Stretch tells them not to. But they're kind of rambunctious like Americans, and they would go to Bali because it was close, and they would create a problem. Well, now Bali's like wishing for more Australians. I'll tell you who's going there. Not Americans, not Australians that are being complete dicks. I'm Stretch.
What's the big four nine? The man urged. This is kind of crazy. Remember Aaron Hernandez, the murdering tight end from the New England Patriots that ended up killing himself in jail? Well, he's got a brother that's apparently, you know, from the same tree for sure. Dennis DJ Hernandez, uh, they say he had a bipolar episode and drove around in his car like a wild maniac around Connecticut before heading to the ESPN headquarters and trying to throw a brick through the window. Now, he got arrested for it, and then he said basically he was having a bipolar episode, and all he wanted to do was not be at his mom's house anymore. That's where he lives, and so now he's in jail, and then they find out he had to run a couple of weeks after that. While he was out on bail, he ended up running from the police and doing some other crazy stuff. This guy really, really wants to go to jail. We'll see if he kills himself in there like his brother did. You're about to get married, and your future spouse suggests, I know what we should do. We should go to Kentucky and get married in front of Kalkine Bear. That's right. Kalkine Bear is real. We just made the movie about him, and it was based on a true story, and apparently the real bear is now dead and stuffed and at an establishment there in Lexington at the Kentucky Fun Mall, and people are now coming to it and wanting to get married in front of Kalkine Bear, and I'm looking at pictures of the latest couple to do it, and well, they got tattoos on their face and stuff, which means they're used to making bad decisions. Don't want to judge you, but I'm gonna when you got tats on your face and you're getting married in front of Kalkine Bear. Proving once and for all that Drake is just a massive, massive douche. He was scheduled to headline the Lollapalooza in Brazil on Sunday night. The only problem is he was too busy partying in Miami with 50 Cent to show up. A lot of people were pissed when they switched him out at the last minute with Skrillex as the headliner and they're demanding refunds. And I bet you Drake's going to get his ass sued because he just hung out and partied with 50 Cent in Miami instead of, you know, going to work. The Man Earth. Entertainment with Stretch. Big 4-9, it is a Stretch show here on a Tuesday. Shout out to Eli Tomac. If you missed that interview, it will come up again at the end of the show in the 11 a.m. Pacific time hour. Stretch show runs 3 a.m. till noon Pacific. That is so that it, we have a morning show for our East Coast friends. And it reboots at 7 a.m., and the West Coast gets it. The 11 o'clock hour is never heard on the East Coast until it runs live. So you get the first four hours of the show, then it reboots, and then it runs for five hours with a brand new hour on the end every day, the wrap-up hour. That's when we replay the Eli Tomek interview. Right now, we're going to talk about going far away. What do you want to do? What's a beautiful place to go? Bali. You're like, you know what? I need to get far, far away. I need to run far, far away like the flock of seagulls, only without the stupid hairdo. That's what I need to do. Well, most of the times when Americans go far, far away, people are like, those Americans are a-holes. They're rude and they're dicks. I'll take that. I'll take that. They're talking about me. I'll be like, yeah, they got me. They pegged me. But apparently in Bali, they had a problem with Aussies because Aussies would go there, and Aussies are a lot like Americans, but... They got a different accent. They're a little different. Shout out to our Aussie friends. And now in Bali, they're like, all right, F this. Ever since the war kicked off in uh, the Ukraine, Ukrainians and Russians are flocking there. And they're coming there on tourist visas, which are for 30 days. But what's weird 
And tell me if this makes uh, Bali racist, because I'm very interested in the answer to, this, to that question. They're considering banning all foreign tourists from riding motorcycles, like the rented mopeds and stuff that people ride around. You get a beautiful island like that. You rent a moped, you go putt around. Well, apparently the Russians and the Ukrainians are such dickwads that they may ban foreigners from riding them, period. They're launching an official campaign right now to crack down on tourists and how they behave and how they dress. They even have like a sacred tree there. Remember, Bali is not a Christian nation. And when you go somewhere, respect that that country. You're there as a visitor, and people don't do that. They go there, and apparently they have a sacred tree. I don't know if it blows smoke or what it does, but it's a sacred tree. You want to have a sacred tree? You have a sacred tree. It's your country. And then some Russian went there and got butt naked and started doing crazy things with the tree, and that created a massive scandal. Uh, and people that are running the luxury resorts, this is a quote from a guy that is the founder of one of the biggest, fanciest resorts in Bali. He says, we opened our doors and we opened our arms and we welcomed them with a big smile, speaking of the Ukrainians and the Russians, but our kindness has been taken for granted. And there is story after story of Ukrainian and Russian a-holes going there. Now, this is where I say they're being racist. Uh, They get there and not only do they behave badly, but they start working which means they have no plans on leaving. They come to Bali and they behave like they're above the law. And they say, this has kind of always been like this. They've always let tourists get away with more than they should, but now it's got to stop. They say the month that Moscow ordered the uh, troops to fight in the Ukraine, they got a surge of additional 12,000 Russians into Indonesia. And on the visa program, you pay 50 bucks. You can stay there for 30 days as a tourist. And you it's open to 80 countries. Well, you overstay that visa, they'll fine you $100 a day, and they can also put you in jail. Uh, they say that Russians, in particular, are going there and basically they're trying to become like Uber drivers and Lyft drivers like they are here. I don't know if you're aware of that. I deal with... These guys, I dealt with three last night. Three last night of people that had absolutely no clue whatsoever driving on our property. And you're like, all right, what's this guy doing? He's apparently lost or whatever. So you pull up next to him, what's going on? And, and it's a Russian dude that doesn't speak English. And they're driving basically a food delivery because that's what we have thousands of employees. And they will bring people get food delivered all the effing time. And depending on what part of the property they're on, you like it should say it on the app, but it doesn't. And they drive around like dumbasses, and they'll drive the wrong way down one-way streets. They don't stop for stop signs. They're rude effing a-holes. And nine out of nine times when I pull one of those people over, that person is a non-American that does not speak English. And a lot, a lot, a lot of times, it's a Russian dude. Could be a Ukrainian dude. They're both speaking Russian. So... It is interesting that this is going on in Bali. And by the way, Bali's not the only place. They are all over the place, Russians and Ukrainians that are fleeing the war. And don't get me wrong, I don't blame you. You feel it's an unjust war and you don't want to be sent to slaughter. Well, bounce. You're a young dude, like, I can live in another part of the world. That's fine with me. Get the F out of there. A lot of people have done it. And it seems to be that's how a lot of people feel. But when you go somewhere, try to blend in and not be an a-hole. 
Uh, back to my Bali being racist story, though. They're saying that these guys are overstaying their visas and then they're trying to work. And it's not okay to work there. It is illegal to go there as a foreigner and try to earn money. And they're going to start locking them all out and throwing them all out and they're going to deport them all. Isn't that racist? I thought that was racist. Wait a minute, doesn't that happen to the tunes of, they're talking about 12,000 there? Don't we get that in like an hour at our borders? And then when we stop those people and say, you can't come here and make money, we're racist a-holes. And, and these people that are coming across our borders aren't even fleeing a war. They're just fleeing bad economic times. These people are fleeing a war and they're going there and they're saying, hey, you can't work here. You can't stay here. You overdo your visa. We're going to arrest you and then deport you. Huh. It's weird. It's weird, the double standard. Very, very weird. I see this story and, and it's written by, you know, from some leftist newspaper, like 99% of them are. And they're talking about these tourists are a-holes and they got to go and they're going to deport them all out of there for breaking their laws and working. Those same people wouldn't write that same story about America, would they? No, they would not, because they're not great Americans like Stretch. A-holes. I'm Stretch. Up next, let's go visit a dollar store in Arizona where you don't want to F around. Do this one. Coming up on a big 4-9. Big, 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 the big 49 moto minute brought to you by lbz on friday at a moto minute i was talking about how strange it was that we were getting no updates on colt nichols from the hrc honda team remember he had a crash at daytona hit his head and apparently has been in concussion protocol that entire time and hasn't raced in the supercross since including this last weekend in seattle and now we see a social media post from Colt out of the blue. It says, uh, outdoors was fun, head feels good, back to Supercross we go. And it was a video of him. He's been training outdoors. So wait a minute. You hit your head, you have a concussion, yet you can still race outdoors in practice, but you can't race in the Supercross. Something's up with this ride with HRC and Colt Nichols. I don't know what it is. He's getting ready for the outdoor season where he's still going to be aboard that Honda, but it's strange the way they handled this situation. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it is a Stretch show on a Tuesday. Thank you for being here. Right now, we're going to take a trip down to Phoenix, Arizona. Supercross is heading out there in a couple weeks. Glendale, Arizona, by the way, is Phoenix, if you don't know. It, it's it's kind of like it would still be Los Angeles if the Supercross was coming. They call it Los Angeles when the Supercross goes to Orange County and it's in Anaheim. Two stops in L.A. when it's really Orange County. So it's the same thing. Uh, Glendale, Arizona, the Phoenix, the greater Phoenix area of Arizona. Supercross heading up there, not this weekend, but next weekend. I'll tell you, if you're in Phoenix... Don't go F around at the dollar store. The uh, family dollar employee is what they call him. His name is Kevin Madrid. He's 24 years old. He's a great employee at the family dollar store. And he's in the store this week over on 67th Avenue and Indian School Road. I actually know exactly where that is. I used to live in Phoenix. Did radio there for a little, 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 little bit. Like... Not even six months. I was in and out. 
Got the call back to the big show. Went down to the minor leagues for a minute. Then I got a call back to the big show, and I was gone. I was back throwing ball in freaking the major leagues. That's what I did. It's the problems of being the Stretch RE radio superstar. Global phenomenon. Global phenomenon. <laughs> I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. Later on, I'm going to run ozone air up my ass. And keep breathing. Breathing my own fumes. I'm going to sell candles. This is Stretch's cock and balls. That's what it smells like. But only mine are going to smell like ass. You're going to be like, it smells like ass. It doesn't smell like cock and balls. Ah, you bought my cock and balls. So anyway, back to the family dollar employee in Phoenix, Arizona. Mr. Kevin. Kevin. He's on duty. I said duty! And he sees a serial shoplifter. This guy has been there many times and is a serial shoplifter. Now, what do you do? I don't know. I don't know. I know Phoenix is way more conservative than Los Angeles. I would imagine they're a little better at prosecuting shoplifting. But times are bad. The popos are getting grinded on. Are they really going to step up and do their jobs right now? I don't know if they are. So, this guy is walking around the store, and he sees him. And uh, Kevin rolls up on him, and it's like, hey, man, you got to get the F out of this store right now. Like, you are not welcome here. You catch a serial shoplifter, you see someone that you know is a shoplifter, you have the right to refuse service to anyone. Well, Mr. Serial Shoplifter then just hauls off and punches Kevin right in his face. Just buy him. You're like, well, that's not nice. At that point, Kevin pulls out a handgun and puts 10 slugs in Serial Shoplifter, and he is uh, Serial Dead. That's what he is. So he shot the guy, and then he continued to shoot the man as he laid on the ground, just pumping holes in him. Bop, 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 bop. Here's what's crazy. He's not actually dead. He's in the hospital life-threatening condition. He's probably going to die. Took 10 slugs and didn't die. This guy is a Tupac was a serial shoplifter. I think only Tupac been shot that many times and didn't die. And then he died. Remember, Tupac lived a long time after that last shooting, too. When he got shot in Vegas, he lived for a week or more before he died. Uh, Kevin went on to say, when the police arrested him for homicide, that he made the worst decision of his life said he was struck and he decided to shoot but looking back he realized that was a big error here's the problem guy punches you in the face how do you know he's not going to keep beating your ass as a store employee that's trying to protect your store trying to keep your stuff there and by the way in phoenix everybody's got a gun you can carry guns so guy comes in the guy physically attacks you you're carrying a gun legally you shoot the guy. I think the problem is he shot him 10 times. I think if he would have shot him once, he would have been okay. But he put nine more slugs in the dude when the guy was on the ground. So Kevin's in big trouble. I bet he loses his job too. Besides probably going to jail. They say uh, attempted second degree murder are the charges on him now, which will probably be escalated to murder because guys, I'm going to guess not going to make it with 10 slugs up in him. So note to self, don't go to the family Dollar Tree in Phoenix and pull any of your BS shoplifting and try to badass up on somebody when they throw you out. Also, never try to get badass on anybody in Phoenix because everybody has a gun. Everybody has a gun in Phoenix. So, craziness. I'm Stretch. It's the Big Four Nine.
Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. One of the coolest things of the entire Supercross event in Seattle was Kevin Morantz. Kevin is a privateer, and he's the hardest working man in motocross as far as hustling and making money and doing what he needs to do to stay in the sport and stay out there on the road. And I really admire the the, the hustle in this kid. And we have talked to him here on the 49, and he's a good dude, and he does what he needs to do to get out there. And you can tell how much he loves it by how much he puts into it. And Kevin Morantz did something amazing in Seattle. He got a, not only one hole shot, but two. He took the hole shot in the 450 main event on a butt stock motorcycle. It is not a factory machine. Kevin does not have a factory ride. He is a privateer through and through, and that dude got the whole shot on everybody. Unfortunately, Chase Sexton ran him wide a few turns later, and he went into one of the tough blocks and ended up falling back to like 20th or whatever. But here's what I love about Kevin Moran's getting the whole shot. When you have sponsors, and he does, you get a bonus. So Kevin Moran's made a little extra cash on that race in Seattle just by getting two hole shots. So shout out to him. Well done. Hopefully that guy gets a ride at some point because, man, he deserves it. He absolutely deserves it. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour. Big now. 4 9. It is a Stretch Show on a Tuesday. All right, this story is. It's. Gross and disgusting, at the same time, I gotta say some things that people are gonna think that most people won't say. It's kind of what I do. There's a lady, you know what, and they name her in the article, I'm not gonna name her. She was the first ever female officer in the Iron Mountain Police Department in Iron Mountain, Michigan. She has lodged a lawsuit against her former employees and detailed a series of disgusting behaviors aimed at her fellow officers. So it's a very small town in Michigan. They get their first ever female cop. She's 35 years old. Say she made history when she became the first woman to serve in the rural force of Iron Mountain Police Department. But then they say she was subjected to some twisted initiation rituals. Uh oh, we got hazing in a police department. And everyone there's a guy except for this brand new cop. So she was there for four years. In October 2017, just weeks from when she was hired, her fellow officers began to coerce and, quote, initiate her in a series of grim sex acts on the officer. She says, just because you wear a badge and you're a cop, it doesn't mean you're above the law. It doesn't mean you get to treat people however you want. I agree. She says, reportedly, initially, she was forced into taking a shot of fireball whiskey and then kissing another officer. And that's how she that he told her she would be initiated into the squad. So she did it. Here's the thing. This guy asked for it. Scum, scum, scum. You did it. He didn't force you to do it. You did it. You felt coerced. I understand. There was some peer pressure. All right, cool. Well, then it just continues from there. She keeps getting more and more uh, weird initiation rights to where finally another officer's like, oh, yeah, no, you really want to be a member of the squad? Yeah, you got to blow me. And apparently she did. 
Apparently she did. You know what you say when someone comes up and says, yeah, I'm her Moto. Uh, Moto will get drunk and walk in and be like, you ought to be a member of the 49. You got to blow me. And I'll be like, Moto, I will punch you in the acorn cock if you don't get out of here. And I'll be like, okay. And he goes to bed. That, that's how that's dealt with. There's no like, oh, I guess I got to do it. What the hell? She blew a dude who is married. And by the way, fat, gross. And she's not a bad looking lady, but doesn't mean they can treat her like this. Also doesn't mean she had to do any of that. Yeah. They say he pressured her to perform oral sex on him. You know, to be part of the crew. Yeah, I've never had to blow anybody to be part of a crew anywhere. Anywhere I've ever worked. Anywhere. I've never been like, hey, I want to hang out with you guys. All right, well, Stretch, you got to suck our balls and suck our cock and balls. I'm like, well, I got other friends. Yeah, you guys, I'm good. I'm all right. I eat lunch by myself in the break room. It's all right, cool. I've had a lot of jobs. It's never been a requirement in any of my jobs to blow anybody. And just saying, if it was, I'd have been like, you know what? Respectfully decline. I'm a loner anyways. You guys get your click on. Yeah, call me if you got any calls for me, but uh, you guys go uh, blow each other in the break room, whatever you do. Is that what you did when Tom got hired? Yeah, no, F you. She did it. She made out with one guy. Here's how it happens. I can see it right now. She made out with one dude, and then he told the rest of them, and then the next guy's like, I wonder if I can get her to do this. I wonder if I can get her to do this. And then next thing you know, she's blowing one of them. Now she's suing him. And I get that she sues him. She has every right to sue him. I'm not condoning their behavior. I'm also not condoning the fact that she blew a dude to fit in at her new job. And why is no one asking this question in this story of these demonic men? And they are. They're... they're dick wad a-holes and I hope that little department has to pay a bunch of money and these dudes get fired but they should say well now we're gonna fire you because you were you were blowing your co-worker on duty yeah anyway I asked the questions people are really thinking I'm stretch it's what I do the big 49 big 49 it is a stretch show you know I subscribe to the simple man be a simple dude do what you got to do to survive Look out for your family. Have a good family. Look out for your family. Fear God. Just be a good, simple dude. It's a wonderful life. We're going to go over to the Netherlands now. I'm going to start mispronouncing the hell out of some names. The Donut Kid Foundation. is taking a guy named Jonathan Jacob Mihar to court. Because he's a serial sperm donor. And he keeps lying and lying and lying. And donating and donating and donating. The Dutch Sperm Clinic guidelines say donors should donate a maximum of 25 children. Or to a maximum of 12 women. And they do this so that... Because this is all kind of sealed. Later on, they don't want these kids in the same area inbreeding. Imagine the lovely lesbian couple down the hall has got a couple kids. And then you got this infertile couple down here. They had a couple kids. And they're in the same area. And lo and behold, they had the same sperm donor, which means it's the same father. And then they grow up in school. And next thing you know, they fall in love. Well, they end up being brother and sister. So that's why there's rules on this kind of thing. So, 25 children, 12 women. That's the max they want out there in the world. 
Uh, here's the best part. The civil case is being brought by a Dutch mother of one of Mr. Mihar's children, who has been named only as Ava, and she had the child in 2018. And then she found out, just there in the Netherlands, he's fathered more than 100 kids. She said, I never would have chosen this guy, but I thought my, my daughter had 100 siblings out there. And she says, I think about the consequences for my child. And we're talking about the Netherlands. We're not talking about uh, a country with a massive population. They're trying to make a court order against this guy to force him to stop donating sperm and to find out what clinics he is donated to. They also want all of his all of his sperm and storage to be destroyed. They said that about Moto Man once when he donated. They're like, destroy all of that man's sperm. He's a menace. They say, especially if it is reserved for a woman who already has one of his children, they need to get rid of this stuff. We're taking action against this man because the government has done nothing. So this lady is taking it upon herself to stop this guy from massive inbreeding. Mr. Mihar is 41 years old. He's a musician from Hog. And he is now on the Dutch sperm donation blacklist, but he has fake ID and he keeps donating and keeps donating and keeps donating. He's even now using like classified ads and he's approaching people and saying, hey, I'll come to your house and inseminate you. I'll give you the turkey baster. He just wants to spread his seed everywhere. They say in 2017, they raised the flag on this guy after it emerged he had fathered at least 102 children through 10 different clinics in just the Netherlands. So they're like, this guy is effed up. Um, and then he has since moved. He's now down in Africa. And guess what? He's donating down there too. <laughs> they don't know how many this this guy could have hundreds of kids in the world. But a hundred in a, just over a hundred in a small area that they know of is a bad deal. And that can lead to, like we say, inbreeding and ill consequences later on in these children's lives and this guy's got no S to give. I'm sure he gets paid per donation. So he's a more of a serial wanker than, than the moto is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good guy right there. Tell you what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna spin my life spreading my seed. That's what I'm gonna do. Five, six hundred, seven hundred stretches out there would be great. What the hell is wrong with this dude? Alright, coming up next going to stop talking about cereal seed spreaders you know some guys like that we've all had friends like dude my, my buddy the late coolio had like six kids five women i'm like dude I, and that's the last i knew he probably had more after that a cereal seed spreader it's not a hundred but man i got two and it's like that's expensive but when you're just donating sperm, you're financially, you're biologically the father, but you are not financially responsible for any of those kids. Oh, man. We're going to head into what the Florida next. Time to get a fistful of Florida. Because it's just, this story has no ending. I, I see the headline, I read it, and then I'm like, it has no ending. It's very Florida. But... Enough of the headline will give you the gist of it, and you're like, this is going to be a party. Can't wait to see what happens in this story. Got to follow it. So Fistful of Florida coming up next. 
on this Tuesday edition of the Stretch Show here on a Big 49. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Checking in at the Arena Cross, and their show is all but wrapped up already once again by, well, guess who? Kyle Peters aboard that Phoenix Racing Honda. He got two more main event wins over the weekend, but it didn't matter. He already had the championship wrapped up, and he's had 20 main event wins so far this season. Kyle Peters is the man in Arena Cross. Congratulations on another championship. Big 49, it is a stretch show. Here we go. Time to strap it up in here. Get down to Florida. It is time for a fistful of Florida. West Palm Beach, Florida is where we're going. Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office received a call at 914 on a Sunday morning. Uh, attention all units. Uh, we got a naked lady in a tree. Uh, please respond. Okay. And by the way, it's Florida, so they don't go, what? What did you say? Uh, we got a naked lady in a tree. So apparently it's just old hat in Florida. It's like, oh, it's the old naked lady in the tree call. When they get there, the naked lady had jumped out of the tree, but they knew the naked lady couldn't be far, and she's naked. So they set up a perimeter, and they started seeing every now and then. It was like the greased-up deaf guy and family guy. Oh! I'm the naked lady of Florida. She's just running around house to house to house, running around like crazy lady. They're like, excuse me, excuse me. And they finally get her. And, and you know what's weird? Typically a person that's naked and running around like a crazy person, not a person you would like to tackle. I def definitely don't, I don't ever want to have to deal with arresting a naked man. And most women that would be naked upon their arrest, you don't want to deal with that either. That's, that's a, that's a no-go. While she's running around, cops are trying to wrangle her like chasing kittens. They finally catch her. And then they get her, and they bring her to her house, I guess, on Magnolia Drive. They probably say, where do you live? We need to get you some clothes. Yeah, when they get there, they find a dead lady. Oh, yeah. And then they end the story with, they know that the lady that's naked is responsible in some way for the other lady's death, but it's still being investigated. They don't give the names of either lady. We got a greased up naked deaf lady in a tree running around like she's crazy on Family Guy. The police finally catch her, bring her home to get some clothes before they take her to jail, and they find a dead lady. I don't know if the dead lady was naked, but apparently she did something to the other lady, or the other lady did something to her, and then they did something to each other, and then one's dead. And then she was running around the neighborhood like, oh, I killed somebody naked. I'm gonna go ahead and say, just because I'm an expert uh, armchair detective, I'm gonna say methamphetamine has evolved because we're in Florida and we're dealing with some crazy people. Same people don't run around naked. Remember, nudists are perverts. Yeah, that's what they are. They're dirty perverts. Flashing their wang, spanking it up in trees running around all greased up, murdering people. That's a nudist step. They're greased up murderers. Yeah. Alright. I got another story. I don't think I'm going to get to it. I I'm going to uh, bounce out of here today. 
I have got to rerun Eli Tomac coming up here in the final hour and then wrap it up and get the F out of here because Stretch's got to go eat or something important. Eli Tomac's coming up. It's a big 4-9. Oh, boy, here we go. Time to get out of here. It is the Tuesday edition of the Stretch Show. Put a fork in this bitch. It is donezo. Time to roll up on. Out of here. I'm excited to get into Hump Day. Hump Day, I promise you, another Moto Spectacular interview. This one will be with Mr. Cooper Webb, Red Bull KTM co-red blade holder, and not a happy camper. If you watch the races on Saturday in Seattle, at the end of that race, Cooper looked pissed. And by the way, the dude rode his ass off, man. He rode his ass off. He is such a grinder, man. Amazing. And by the way, I will give you a little spoiler alert. I'm going to put this in a Moto Minute tomorrow, but it's also going to be in the interview. Uh, Cooper, when we were watching the races on Saturday, if you watched the race coverage, if you missed any of that, you can get that on the vlog at thebig49.com. It's cameras. It's like it's basically a podcast of the show, but it's got video too. I'm not in it this week. I'm at my home studio. So, in the video, when Cooper won that heat race, he, he flipped back and he gave uh, Chase Sexton, I said he gave him the pow-pow. He gave him the finger pistol. Pow-pow. And it was like, no way did he just do that. But he did. And we talked about, yeah, Coop plays head games. And sure as crap, he admits, oh, yeah, yeah, I was just messing with somebody's head. And look, it looks like it worked. And he did it to Chase Sexton. And Chase Sexton was winning that main event. He had it in the bag. And he crashed by himself. Coop messed with him. Coop took full credit for making Chase crash in the main event, the way it seems. Of Cooper Webb, man. So anyway, we'll get into that tomorrow on the show. We'll dissect that one. Cooper Webb is freaking grinder. Eli Tomac is impressive. These two dudes battling. These are two dudes that are badassery battling with these two. It's not like, well, this guy's probably going to choke. These two dudes don't choke. So at this point, it's who's got the faster machine, I'm thinking. Because it's, you know, who gets stuck behind lappers and whatever but it's badass man I, I can't wait to resume racing in Phoenix coming up here in a couple of weeks so that's all coming up on the docket for tomorrow I appreciate you guys listening tell your friends tell everybody you know and till tomorrow morning my friends God bless you all and God bless the United States of America